0: Happy Father's Day, everybody. I see Zach in here today. Zach, Zach and Katie had their little baby girl, Mary Grace. What day was that? 14th. 14th. June 14th, Flag Day. All right. and joe and jill it's good to see y'all bringing the baby here for the first time very good excellent and it's good to have justin and bethany uh, back with us Um, it's good to see you all here so welcome Um, and let's let's go ahead and pray father we thank you so much for sam And Lord, we thank you for his testimony. We thank you that uh, you brought him here. You brought him to us. You brought us to him. And uh, and how he has ministered to us. And Lord, we're thankful that we've been able to minister to him too. And so Lord, now as we turn our attention uh, to another man in the storm, Paul. I pray that you would bless us, give us guidance and illumination. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. So I don't know exactly why you're here today, but I suspect that there are people here today who are going through storms. It uh, it was mentioned in the song service more than once. It was mentioned in the Sunday school lesson when we talked about Paul and how he went through a storm. Uh, It was mentioned in Sam's testimony And the uh, the passage that we'll look at today, Acts chapter 27 and 28, really focuses on a storm. And so when we think of a storm, we think of the storms of life, and we all go through those. And it may be that someone is here today who is really going through a storm, and so uh, this message is for you. If you are coming out of a storm, you are in a storm, or you're going into a storm, this message is for you. I remember, we we're, were talking nautical terms here today. I, I remember shortly after Ron and I were married, uh, my mom and dad and my sisters, they, we all went down uh, into the Caribbean and uh, we were going to take an adventure. We were going to take a little sailing ship and we were going to learn how to sail on our own. And so that would be um, my two sisters and me, mom and dad, one, so there's six of us on this little ship. And I have since learned that sailors are um, rather superstitious. And I'm not superstitious at all. I mean, for years, my extension at work, my phone extension was 13. I'm I'm just not superstitious at all. But I will say that when we were walking up to the ship that was going to be our home on the waters there for the next week, and I saw that the name of the ship was the Luna Sea. I'm not superstitious, but it didn't seem like a good place to spend a week on the Luna Sea, but um, but it was really fun. We learned how to sail. We had a coach who was uh, on another ship that was sailing alongside us, and he taught us the uh, uh, what tackle is. We talked about tackle in Sunday school. He taught us about tackle. He taught us about this how to work the anchor, which was very important. And so we would go out and take our sailing lessons during the day and then we would come back into the harbor and uh, get the ship right up next to the pier. And we'd throw the ropes over onto the pier so we would be lashed to the pier. And it was really, we, we, we spent several very nice nights and then one night we were gonna do something different though. We were gonna sail across to another island that had a a harbor but not a place to, to dock. And so we sailed into the harbor and we set our anchors into the sand and we set two anchors so that one anchor would pull the ship and the ship would pull as far as it could and then the other anchor would kick in. So the ship is moving like this all night on these anchors and that's fine as long as everything is calm but guess what a storm blew up and we knew what would happen if our anchors didn't hold we knew that our ship would end up on the rocks and none of us were really that great swimmers and we certainly didn't want to go through a shipwreck and so that was a very difficult night and sure enough at some point in the night Um, my sister raised the alarm in those classic and immortal words that uh, come up at every family reunion now we're not where we were we are not where we were she she was looking at a light and she could tell that we were drifting the anchors were moving and uh, so our coach came alongside us and helped us uh, solve that issue and uh, we survived Um, And so Weston had an Alaska storm story and I I had a storm story and Paul has a storm story, Acts chapter 27, such an interesting account of what happens to Paul and it's written by Luke who was right there with him. Luke was an eyewitness account. We know this because we see so many details. We know exactly how many people were on the ship. We know that all of them survived. We know that the order in which they jettisoned the cargo and then they jettisoned the tackle and then eventually they were all jettisoned off the ship as well. This is Luke telling us the story and for all of those of you who love scripture remember now Luke wrote the book of Acts but he also penned the gospel, the gospel of Luke and as he's wrapping up Acts, this is the next to the last chapter in Acts. This is Acts 27. And when he's wrapping up his gospel of Luke, Luke 23, very similar. It's like all the powers of darkness come against Jesus in the gospel, and all the powers of darkness come against Paul in Acts 27. And this is the next to the last chapter in Acts. And for all of you lovers of English, this is the penultimate chapter, the next to the last chapter. And there's no way we can go through the whole story here in this venue. So I encourage you, if you love the Word, if you love great storytelling, because this is a true story that happened, read Acts chapter 27 and 28 on your own. Because I can tell you, this message right here, this message is like the ship's log. It's brief. It's going to summarize details. But if you want the full story, go to the source book. Go to the scriptures itself. Let's look now first at uh, what Paul encountered. Let's look at the storm. Acts chapter 27, verses 13 and 14. And we'll look at Paul's first great danger, the storm. Now when the south wind blew gently, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, they weighed anchor and sailed along Creek close to the shore. But soon a tempestuous wind called the Northeaster struck down from the land. Paul has just finished making his defense before Felix, Herod, Agrippa, and Festus. And he's appealed to Caesar, and to Caesar he will go. And so he is making his way by ship, although it's late in the season, and he knows it's a dangerous time. And remember, Paul is an experienced uh, traveler at this point. This will be the fourth shipwreck that he's been in. In a previous shipwreck, he will have spent a day and a night on the deep. But Paul is making his way to Caesar. Jesus has promised him that he will stand before Caesar. So Paul knows that he's bulletproof. He's gonna make it. Even though he's a Roman citizen and even though he's not been formally charged with any crime, he is under guard. And so the Roman centurion there is taking responsibility for him and they are going to sail to Rome even though the weather potentially could be fatal. On the first day they have nice weather and they think everything's good but a storm comes up and it's not long before they realize that they're in serious trouble. On the second day they jettison all the cargo, all the wheat that was uh, on the ship there with them that they were taking to sell in Rome. All that wheat goes overboard. On the third day, it's so bad that the sailors start throwing away everything that's not vital to their survival. They throw away the ropes. they throw away their own personal furniture. Everything is going overboard so that the ship will, will ride higher on the waves and not be swamped. And then on the fourth and the fourteenth day, they suffer terribly. It's not light, it's not dark, it's this gray that goes on and on. They don't eat, they're seasick, all hope is lost. And we see that Paul is in great danger due to the storm. But as they realize that they're about to make landfall and the ship is going to break up, Paul encounters a second danger, and that's the soldiers. Acts chapter 27, verses 39 through 43. Now when it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they noticed a bay with a beach on which they planned, if possible, to run the ship ashore. Verse 40. So they cast off the anchors and left them in the sea, at the same time loosening the ropes that tied the rudders, then hoisting the foresail to the wind they made for the beach. But striking a reef, they ran the vessel aground. The bow stuck and remained immovable and the stern was being broken up by the surf. The soldier's plan was to kill the prisoners lest any should swim away and escape. But the centurion wishing to save Paul kept them from carrying out their plan. Paul is a Jew and he fears the sea. In Jewish writing, in Jewish culture, the sea belongs to Satan and the powers of darkness. So just going by sea, Paul knows that he's in danger in his life. And if that's not bad enough, the sea has a storm that threatens to kill Paul and to stop him from accomplishing his mission. And if that's bad enough, the ship starts to break up. And he has to get to shore. And if that's not bad enough, the soldiers who are in charge of the prisoners say, hey, our life or theirs, we're going to have to kill these guys. So we see that Paul is facing again yet another great danger. But they make it to shore. All safely to shore. The ship is gone, the cargo of the ship is gone, but all 276 souls make it to the shore. But we're not done yet. Paul is going to face yet again another danger. This is in Acts chapter 28. Actually the end of 27 verse 43. Uh, But the centurion wishing to save Paul kept him, the soldiers, from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and make for the land. And the rest on planks or pieces of the ship. And so it was that we were all brought safely to land. Verse 1 of chapter 28. After... We were brought safely through. We learned that the island was called Malta. The native people showed his unusual kindness for they kindled a fire and welcomed us all because it had begun to rain and it was cold. When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and put them on the fire, a viper came out and fastened on his hand. When the native people saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer. Though he escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. He, however, shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. They were waiting for him to swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw no misfortune that had come to him, they changed their minds and said, well, he's a guy. Several interesting things here, even though Paul has survived a shipwreck even though he is by far the best prophet and the best preacher on this ship he's working he's out there gathering sticks and if you know the story of what happened to paul as recorded in acts chapter 14 at lystra this is kind of lystra in in reverse At lystra paul is preaching and the people hear the preaching and they say this guy's a god guy. <coughs> And Paul and Barnabas run out into the crowd and say, no, we're not gods. And then within a, a few short verses of Acts chapter 14, it goes from worshiping him as a god to stoning him as a criminal. This story is kind of that in reverse. We go from the people of Malta thinking that Paul is a criminal who has not escaped justice even though he survived the shipwreck, this snake coming out of the fire and biting him, justice is going to be served. And it it goes the opposite way. They thought he was a criminal and then they say, no, he must be a God. You know, first impressions are not always right. Second impressions are not always right either. Because he was neither a criminal nor a God. What an amazing story. Think of all of Paul's misfortunes before this. Think of the misfortunes that are recorded just here in Acts chapter 27 and 28. The storm, the ship breaking up, the journey from the ship to the shore, the soldiers who wanted to kill him. Now he's safe on dry land. Now he's working to provide heat from everybody else. And here comes the snake out of the fire, bites him. But no harm comes to him because Paul was bulletproof until he accomplished what the Lord had called him to do. If you're in the center of the Lord's will, no weapon formed against you will stand. If you believe in God's sovereignty, and you should, this is proof positive that God is orchestrating all things to accomplish His plan. And that's part of the reason why you're here today. You were here to hear Sam's testimony and to be blessed by the music, To hear the Sunday school teacher expound on the word. To hear this message from Acts chapter 27 and 28. If it's not your time, it's not your time. But your time is coming. And this is for all of you who don't know God. Maybe this is confusing to you. Maybe you don't know what in the world is he talking about. What's all this Jesus stuff? Well let me tell you, Paul was right where you are. At one point in his life, Paul was confused about who Jesus was and what his message was and what he had to do in response to that message. He was confused too. But at some point in time, God reached down and touched him and showed him that Jesus is the Messiah, the long-awaited, the long-promised Messiah. And that if he would put his trust fully in Jesus, he would be saved. And that's exactly what happened to Paul. And that can happen... For you too, if you will trust Christ as your Savior, He can turn your life around just like He turned Sam's life around. Amen. He can turn your life around and put you. Now listen, that doesn't mean you're gonna be rich next week. And that doesn't mean that all your troubles are gonna go away. We have not been promised that. We've been promised, hey, if if Jesus is gonna, Jesus our role model, Jesus our savior, if Jesus is gonna suffer, we as disciples, We're going to suffer too. But we're going to suffer together in the body of Christ. We're going to suffer together. We're going to encourage one another. And we're going to lift each other up because we are going to accomplish what he gave us to do. Our mission is to bring people to Jesus Christ. To tell them the good news. And then once they have found Jesus and experienced his salvation, our mission is to help them become disciples. To learn how to walk like Jesus walked. Why did Paul do this? Why did Paul go through all this? He did it all for Jesus. He rested in the sovereignty of God. He knew that Jesus had promised him that he would stand before Caesar. And he knew that was going to happen. Well, I tell you, Blackman Baptist Church, I know that God has called us to this work. And that we are going to accomplish his work by the grace of God. Is it a storm? that you're in? Are there people in your life who are threatening to stop you from doing the Lord's will? Is it the snake? Is it serpent? Is it Satan himself who's trying to stop you from doing his work? Rest in the Lord. He will accomplish His purpose in you.